house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. To walk into his presence, coming into his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts and entering his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and blessing his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth and do it unto all generation. This has been a beautiful day here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Amen. God's spirit and power and anointing and beauty. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the firmament show forth his handiworks. Day unto day, day unto speech and night unto night, they show forth knowledge. Amen. Of who God truly is. And we are excited about the Lord, and I'm excited about the Lord, and I'm excited about what is happening and what God is doing, amen, across the land and around the world, because I know that all things do work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. And I know, according to the word of God, that nothing happens that God isn't aware of. Amen. And he's called us out of darkness unto his marvelous light. He's given us exceeding precious promises. Praise God. And so, therefore, with that in mind, amen, we want to open tonight in prayer. Amen. We're believing God that will, he will touch every situation and every circumstance tonight. Father, I come to you again. Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name tonight. Father, you are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of all peace. There is none like you, Jesus. You are the glory and you are the lifter up of our heads. Your word tells me, Father, that you were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for mine iniquities and the chastisement of my peace is upon you. And with your stripes, I am healed and I claim it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Lord, I pray for all the members of the body of Christ tonight around the globe and everywhere, those that are sick in body tonight. Those that has been diagnosed with the coronavirus, I pray for your wholeness and your healing, oh God. I ask you right now that you would reach down upon those, oh God. Uh, I pray tonight, Lord, for the bereaved tonight, Lord. I pray that you walk long beside them, oh God. Uh, David tell us that even in the valleys of the shadows of death, we will fear no evil, for thou art with us, thy rod uh, and thy staff, they comfort us. Thou prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You are not our heads with oil. Surely, amen, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, uh, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am glad, Father, that I have another opportunity to praise your name. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord tonight, for he is good for his mercy, and do it forever. Amen. Let the house of Israel now say that is mercy, and do it forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endure forever. Let them that fear him now say that his mercy endure it forever. Oh God, we thank you for your loving kindness uh, and your tender mercies like none other, oh God. Uh, Lord, thine is the heaven and thine is the earth uh, and thine is the kingdom. And oh God, both riches and honor cometh of thee, Lord. Uh, and you are exalted and you reign over all, Lord God. Uh, I know there's nothing impossible for you to do, God. Uh, you just speak the word, oh God, uh, and your servants can be healed. You just speak the word, God, uh, and the coronavirus can cease. You just speak the word, Father, uh, and everything will be the way that thou desire of it to be, oh God. Uh, I trust in you, and I believe you tonight, God, <clears throat> and I hope 
to your unchanging hand, Lord, in every place, Lord God, tonight. Uh, and I thank you, Lord. I pray for our missionaries uh, around the globe, God, that you would continue to touch them, uh, that you would continue to heal them, that you would continue to raise them up, oh God. Uh, I pray for our military men and women, oh God, uh, that you would touch them tonight, protect their hearts, protect their minds, uh, protect their souls, oh God, those that are in the hospitals, those that are in nursing homes, Lord, in mental wards tonight, uh, those that are on the job, oh God, those that are providing first responses, oh God, our police force tonight, uh, upon our nation tonight, our president, his cabinet, uh, oh God, protect them, protect uh, our ways of life, oh God, root out all wickedness and evil off of Capitol Hill, uh, in our city councils, uh, in our cities, across our states, uh, root out every wicked and evil one, oh God, as you know how to do it, God, and we will give you glory, we will give you honor, we will give you praise, we will give you thanks, oh God, for being with us in Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' name, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah, I thank you, Jesus, oh, I feel your presence here, God, you're God, you're with us, you're with us, oh, Lord, I thank you, oh, how I praise you, I worship you, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, for touching us tonight, oh, God, I invite your anointing upon us tonight, oh, your people tonight, God, Lord, you said if two agree on earth is touching anything in the name of the Lord, it'll, it'll be done. And I agree with those that are sick in body tonight. Oh, God, it needs a touch. Uh, oh, I, I bind every headache. Uh, I bind tonight, God, uh, every coronavirus. Uh, I bind tonight every cancer cell. I bind every diabetes cell. Uh, I bind every high blood pressure cell. Uh, everything that's trying to destroy your people. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I send it back to the pits of hell. I plead your blood over this land, over our nation, O oh God. I pray that you move upon everyone tonight, that they would humble themselves and seek your face, God, because you said if your people, which are called by your name, would humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wickedness, ways, uh, that you would hear from heaven, forgive us of our sins, uh, and heal the land. We need you tonight, O oh God. Uh, have mercy upon us, O oh God. Uh, touch us again tonight, Lord. Reach down. Uh, let your wholeness flow, O oh God. If it had not been for you, Jesus, uh, where would I be, oh God? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Oh God, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shores, buriedly, deeply stained with sin, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, you heard my despairing cry, and from the waters, Father, you lifted me. Now safe am I. I am thankful that I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. 
Jesus and his loving care. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I pray for my ministering brethren. I pray for our district tonight. I pray for every pastor tonight, every pastor's family. Oh, God, that you would touch each and every one of them, that you would give them wisdom, our chaplains, oh, God, that you would touch each and every one of them and minister to them, Lord. Oh, God, I know you're able. Our church family, God of this church, touch each and every one of them, God, every one of them. Reach down upon them. Let your wholeness flow to every one of them. Strengthen them, oh, God. Bind any fear, any doubt, any uncertainty that they will be able to lift their hands and minds and thoughts to worship you, God. And I thank you tonight. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the way that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he'll guide us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Singing by and by, well, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome. We will understand it better by and by, my Lord. We are often destitute of the things that life demands, wants of shelter and of food. Thirsty hills and barren land, but we're trusting in the Lord, and according to his word, we will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Singing by and by, well, when the morning come, when all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by, my Lord. Temptation, hidden snares often take us unawares and our hearts are made to bleed for each thoughtless word or deed. And we wonder why the test, when we try to do our best, we will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Sin by and by, well, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story how we overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by, my Lord. Singing by and by, well, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. 
Hallelujah tonight, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We'll understand it better by and by. Amen. We may not understand it right now. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But we will someday understand it all. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm looking for that day just to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Uh, enter into the joy which I have prepared for you. Amen. Praise God. He is so worthy. Amen. God is so worthy, worthy, worthy. Amen. To be praised and to be glorified and to be given thanks for all the things that he do for us. His goodness, his mercy, and do it forever. Praise God. Man, it feels good to, to know the Lord. He's worthy. Praise God. We want to get into our Bible study now. Amen. Hopefully you have your Bibles and your, your sheets, uh, your study lessons tonight. And I pray God that is blessing you and you are enjoying what we're talking about here tonight. And if this is your first night joining with us, we're talking about being a living sacrifice. We're coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Presenting our bodies as living sacrifice. Amen. So last week we was talking about the importance of being a living sacrifice and giving our lives to God because that's what the overall thing of, of being a Christian is all about. Uh, it's not about being luxury and having luxury and having this or having that. It's about being a servant of God. It's all about giving and dedicating your whole life to God because you realize that you were in sin. You realize you were doing wrong. You realize that the life that you were living was not rewarding you anything good. You might have thought it was rewarding you good by, by being able to go out and party and jump and jive and everything, but most of you probably realized that that did not reward you good. Yeah, it might have been fun when we were young, but Paul tell us when I was a child, I spake as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time that the children in the church uh, grow up and become what God desires of us to do. Amen. Paul tells us in the book of Hebrews, he said, wherefore, leaving the principles uh, of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations, amen, of some things in the in the life. We've got to move on to where we are becoming more like Christ, and we are what we say that we are, that we are children of God, that we are Christians, amen. If you're not going to live uh, the way that you, the word of God tell you to live, you might want to just go ahead and do something else. Because God is not going to play when the end comes. The Bible tells me in John chapter 12, 48, uh, Jesus uh, began to tell us, amen, that the same word that he has spoken, amen, will judge us in the last day. This book that we call the Bible is going to be the rule book, the judge book that he's going to use to see if we are in line with what we want. He's requiring of us. 
And so Paul here in the Romans 12, he's begging us. He says, I'm begging you or I'm pleading with you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. The writer of Hebrews tells us in the 12th chapter, in the 14th verse, he says, follow peace with all men and holiness for without shall no man see the Lord. See, we've got to set ourselves apart uh, and be ready at any moment to be used by God. Amen. That's what Christ is desiring of us uh, to become like him. We've got to move on to perfection. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. We've got to move to perfection. We've got to become complete in Him. Amen. If I'm going to be a Christian, I've got to be a Christian. I can't be a Christian just on Sunday. Amen. I've got to be a Christian seven days a week, 300 or 365, 66 days a year, depending on the leap year of my life. Amen. Every day I've got to be a Christian. Amen. I've got to be a Christian in my home. I've got to be a Christian in my car. I've got to be a Christian in Walmart. I've got to be a Christian no matter where I am, on the airplane, in the airport. Uh, I cannot act differently in one place than I do the other. I have to be a Christian is a Christian no matter where he is. Amen. This is why Paul got on uh, Peter's case uh, when you read Galatians 2. He says when Peter uh, was eating with the Gentiles and then when certain of James came to, came and Peter left. Uh, amen. And so Paul got into his case. Uh, amen. We have to realize that you and I are born again of the water and the spirit. If you use that terminology that you are born again, then there's a whole lot of things that you should not be doing. Number one, you should not be prejudiced against anyone. Amen. Because the Bible tells me that God is no respecter of person. And James tell me in James 2, amen, verse 89, he says, If you fulfill the royal law that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, uh, you commit sin and convinced of the law as a transgressor. No Christian should be prejudiced against anyone else. Uh, amen. Your overall goal is to reach the world. That's why the Bible tells you in Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Uh, they, if they drink in deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So if you're going to use that terminology of being a Christian, you've got to make sure that you are lining up, because you're going to be tested. So Paul says, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, I'm asking you every way I can to present yourselves a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Amen. So that you will be accepted. Think about those words. Be accepted. Not rejected, 
but accept it. You don't want to get to the throne room. Amen. And then all of a sudden hear these words, depart from me. Because I knew you not. Cast them into the outer darkness uh, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Now, last week we saw that as I was explaining that the book of Romans is divided into two parts. Uh, the first 11 chapters deal with salvation. It deals with justification by faith. And it deals with sanctification through the Holy Ghost. Uh, but the second part, Paul, verses chapter 12 through 16, Paul switched the switch, amen, because he needs to bring into this church so that they get a clear understanding of how to live practically as a Christian. We all must understand how to live practically as a child of God. It's easy to live as a Christian. It's not hard, amen, to be a Christian. We just have to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. The Bible tells us, and we saw last week, that the Lord says that Caleb and Joshua, in, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, that they had another spirit, amen. They wholly followed the Lord. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence, uh, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance, uh, you are supposed to wholly follow the Lord. Amen. You are not supposed to follow the world. You are not supposed to follow the devil. You are supposed to live your entire rest of your life upon this earth for Jesus Christ. You need to realize the path, the value and the that the power that is in you. As if you're struggling in your walk as a Christian, Paul tells Timothy and 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, he says, stir up the gift uh, that is in you, which you receive with the laying on of hands by the presbyter. He says, Amen. He says, God is not giving you the spirit of fear. Amen. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, he says, God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's given you power. He's given you love. And he's given you a sound mind. Amen. You need to be in your right mind. Amen. When you stir up the Holy Ghost uh, that is in you, when you keep your mind stayed on Christ, uh, you're going to be in a perfect mind. You're going to be in a stunned mind. Uh, amen. This is what Isaiah said. He'll keep you in perfect peace, uh, whose mind is stayed upon him. It's all about your mindset. It's, it's all about how you see things. Uh, you see, the problem is, uh, the problem with the problem is your perception. How you see the problem is going to determine how you deal with the problem. Amen. It's all about perception here. You have got to get your mind and head in the game. Praise God. If you sell your principles, uh, amen, and your values and your characters, uh, amen, if you give an ounce of that, uh, amen, for popularity, amen, you're being robbed. Somebody is taken from you. Praise God. Somebody Something that is very important. So you have to consecrate yourself. Paul writing to Timothy here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16 through 21. He says, But shun or avoid vain, purvain, and vain babbling, 
for they will increase into more ungodliness, and their words will eat as the fakinker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, whom concerning the truth have error, saying the resurrection is past already and overthrown the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord know them that are his, and let everyone that name the name of Christ depart from iniquities. So notice what Paul is saying here. If you call yourself a Christian, if you say you believe in Jesus Christ, if you say you love Jesus Christ, if you say that you're in Christ, then Paul says you need to depart from iniquity. You need to flee, you lust. You need to run from sin. You need to avoid sin. Get it out of your life. Amen. He says here, But in every great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to be honored and some to be dishonored. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Amen. So notice here, he's saying you've got to purge yourself. You've got to look at yourself. You've got to examine yourself, Paul says, to see that you're in the faith. Amen. You've got to examine yourself because you don't want things to come in unaware. Each and every day, you need to pray. You need to search the scriptures. Uh, you need to get the word of God in you. You need to look at yourself. You need to look at your attitude. You need to look at the words you're posting on Facebook. Uh, you need to look at what you're saying, how you're speaking to your husband, how you're speaking to your wife, how you're speaking to your children, how you're speaking to to your neighbor, you need to purge yourself to see if there's anything inside of you that's destroying you, like can get green, gain green or cancer, and you don't even know it. See, things can get in you and destroy you if you don't purge yourself. They always tell women, make sure you do a, a self-exam for breast cancer. You know, all kinds of little things they tell you in the world that you need to do to accept, you know, examine yourself is what they're saying constantly. You know, see if anything's out the norm, any abnormalities, I guess you, abnormalities, excuse me, amen, that, that is in you. Things that is not right. See, if you wake up and your back don't feel good, you're going to go, wait a minute, something ain't right. You wake up with a headache, you say, something ain't right. You wake up and you wasn't wearing glasses and you can't read, you're going to say, something ain't right. You know, so you've got to examine yourself to make sure things are staying in line with what God is saying you and I to do here. Amen. We've got to be right uh, in our walk with God. So we need to purge ourselves. See, we have to consecrate ourselves to God. Amen. We've got to mortify, Paul tells us, this flesh. We, we, we've got to bring it into subjection. That's why Jesus gives you the Holy Ghost. 
So you can control who you are. If you ever notice in Galatians 5, amen, verse 22 and 23, what's the last thing on the, on the fruit of the Spirit? It's temperance. It's self-control. God brings this to you, amen, so that you can have something to control yourself with. The Holy Ghost will control you. Self-control, temperance in you, like self-discipline, self-restraint. Amen. Those words that you find with the word self on it, it's telling you you are responsible. That's what it means. Every time you see a word that says self-something, self-something, it is telling you you are responsible. To restrain yourself. You are responsible for disciplining yourself. Amen. God is giving you the word of God. Amen. So the word temperance, uh, Solomon tells us in Proverbs 25, 28, uh, Solomon says that he that have no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Uh, not only does it look bad, Amen. Here. But the enemy and anybody else can come in and wreak havoc. Amen. Can you imagine what a city looks like when the walls are all broken down? Think about it. What are you saying here? If you don't control you, that's what you look like. You're not looking good when you don't control you. You're looking terrible. That's why Solomon says in Proverbs 24, 30 through 35, he says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void with understanding. Watch this. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns uh, and needles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall there was broken down. Solomon says, I saw, as I walked by that, I saw, wait a minute, something ain't right here. You're, somebody is not doing something right. It should not be looking like this. This vineyard should not be being avoided. So something ain't right, he's saying here. It's all broken down. It's all grown over. Who would plant a vineyard to have a harvest and then don't take care of it? You know, it's, it's no different than this life that we live. God, if, if we say Christ is in us and we don't take care of this vessel, if we don't look out for this vessel to make sure it's what God is, is asking of us to do, it's going to be looking terrible. Amen. Some of the most beautiful people in the world should be Christians. Because our conduct and our character should be revealing Christ. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusions, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. And Paul says, I went by the field. Amen. And I noticed. Now notice verse 32. He says, then I saw, and I consider it well, I looked upon it, and I got some instructions from it. Just by looking at the picture, just by looking at the vineyard, just by looking at the walls, he says, I receive instructions. 
Amen. And this is the instructions. Yet a little sleep. Yet a little slumber. Yet a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. And thy want as an armed man. Amen. He says you just get lazy just a little bit. Amen. You just neglect it. Just a little bit. And as a result, you will destroy everything that you had tried to build up. The Bible goes on and tells us that a wise woman builded her house, but a fool plucked it down with her hands. Amen. In other words, if you let your house be neglected, it's going to fall down right around you. Amen. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Amen. If you neglect this temple... If you neglect this, uh, amen, that it gets ruined and get run down and, and nothing and present no good for the Lord, shame on you. Paul writing to the church at Colossae, or Colossae in the third chapter, over verse 5. We're talking about mortifying your body here, getting this flesh under control. Because you got to become a living sacrifice. And the only way you're going to become a living sacrifice is you've got to get the flesh under control. We're going to, we're going to hopefully get there somewhere tonight. Amen. Colossians chapter three, verse five. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, even concupiscence and covetousness, which is Adultery. Notice now what he's saying. Mortify. Amen. In other words, put it to death. Come on. Get rid of it. Put it to death. Bring it under control. Paul says, I bring my body under subjection daily. You've got to put it to death. Uh, You've got to. One passage says uh, you need to deprive it of its power. You need to deprive it of his power. Amen. If your flesh is in control, you need to take the keys. You need to pull the keys away from it. You need to get it under control. One passage says that you need to destroy its strength. Amen. If your flesh is strong, then you need to make it weak. Amen. You need to take the strength that it has away and you need to let the spiritual man be in charge of your life. And the way you do that, Paul said, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Flesh, uh, for the flesh lusted against the spirit, uh, and the spirit against the flesh, uh, and they are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things uh, that you would. But if you're led by the spirit, uh, you're not under the law. Amen. You've got to get this flesh uh, under control if you're going to present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Paul goes on in the third chapter of, of Colossa. He says, for which thing's sakes the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, and the which you also walk sometimes when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these, put off anger, 
Put off wrath. Put off malice. Put off blasphemy. Put off filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed and knowledge after the image of him that created him. You, Your new man, your new life now must be after Jesus Christ. Uh, you have to mortify. You've got to bring it under subjection. Amen. So when we become born again of the water of the Spirit, uh, you ever notice when you're reading the epistles, you constantly keep hearing these words, you who was dead and your trespasses and sins have he now quickened together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and not of works, lest any man boast. It is the gift of God. Amen. See, you, you've got to realize here what has transpired. You're not the same old person. Amen. Don't let the old guy keep controlling you. Amen. You are of Christ, little children, and greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Amen. You've got to realize that you have to be a living sacrifice. You are no longer to live as a sinner. That's why when you read the sixth chapter of Rome, amen, to the book of Rome, if you go back where Paul is talking about, you know, he's talking about justification and sanctification and the Holy Ghost. And the sixth chapter, he opens it up with this. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No way. How shall we that are what? Dead to sin. Live any longer in that. When I repent, I'm repenting of my sins. So how can I keep living in sin? Is not Christ greater than all my sins? Ain't that a song somebody wrote? Christ is greater than all my sins. Amen. You, it'll come to us after a while. And maybe we'll sing it. But, but we got to realize that we, we've got to realize now who we are. We're not the same old person that I used to be. But God, Paul says in Ephesians 2, 4, who is rich and mercies for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. See, this unmerited love and also what is known as the divine influence of Christ is to now be in operation in your life. See, you're to be an influence. People are supposed to see different in you. You are to be that living sacrifice. Amen. You are to be set apart for the kingdom of God. You're not your own anymore. You're brought with the price. Notice what Jesus says here in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verse 49 and, and 50. Mark chapter 9, verse 49 
and verse 50. Give you a second to get there in your Bibles. Mark chapter 9, verse 49 and 50. Jesus says here, For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Now notice what Jesus is saying here. He says everyone is going to be salted with fire. In other words, every one of us is going to be tried. We're going to be tempted and tried, whether in the church or out of the church. Everyone is going to be tempted. Are you going to stand? See, fire can purify or it can burn you up. It all depends on how you build it. Notice what Paul says in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, real quick. Let me get there and then we'll come back to this passage. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, chapter 3, verse 11. Paul says, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, that's why we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and whom all the building fit framely together and grow it up into a holy temple in the Lord. Now notice what Paul goes on in the twelfth verse. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubbled, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire." And the fire shall try every man's work uh, of what sort uh, it is. Uh, If any man's work about it, uh, which he have built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Uh, If any man's work shall be burned, uh, he shall suffer loss. Uh, But he himself shall be saved, yet even by fire. Amen. Notice, it's going to be tested. Everything that you do is going to be tested. You need to make sure that you're building the right way according to the word of God. Amen. We have got to purge ourselves. We've got to make sure, because Jesus says, Everyone is going to be sorted with fire, and every sacrifice is going to be sorted with salt. Amen. We've got to realize that as the sacrifices of God, amen, we're going to be sorted. We're going to be seasoned. Amen. The sacrifice, if you went back to the second chapter of Leviticus, every meat offering had to have salt in it. And so God is saying, if 
we're going to become living sacrifices, we have got to have salt uh, within ourselves. Uh, this is why Jesus said when he was teaching on the Sermon of the Mount uh, in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 13, Jesus says, you are the salt uh, of the earth, uh, but if the salt uh, has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? He's good for nothing but to be cast out and to trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. You are a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Men do not buy a candle and, and put it under a bushel. They put it on a, a candlestick so that it can give light to everyone that is in the room. Let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If people can't see Christ in you, the hope of glory, you are not a living sacrifice. You have not got yourself right. You have not consecrated yourself. You have not presented yourself and purged things out of your life so that people can see who you are. Jesus says, have salt in yourself. Be the preserver. Amen. Salt preserves things. So you've got to have salt. You've got to be able to preserve this doctrine. You've got to be able to preserve this truth. You've got to hold on to it. You've got to let it be in you and living in you. As, as the Psalms has said, the Lord, the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure that make wise the simple. Amen. The book of Revelation, that tells us that the testimonies, amen, of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. If I say I'm a prophet of the Lord, then all I need to be telling you is about Jesus Christ. I don't need to be talking about all the other stuff and foolish things. I need to be edifying and making Christ known in you the hope of glory. I need to be preparing you for the soon coming of the Lord. I've got to talk about Jesus. As the songwriter said, let's talk about Jesus, the King of King is he. Amen. The Lord of all supreme throughout eternity. The great I am the way, the truth, the light, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Amen. As a sacrifice, I've got to represent him. I want to be seen as his child. I want to have salt within myself. So to be a servant of the Lord, I've got to have salt servanthood, amen, is no more than putting the needs of others before yourself. If you don't put others before you, you're not a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says in Isaiah 43, 10 through 12, you are my servant, witnesses, and my servants whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed and neither shall there be after me. 
I, even I am the Lord, and there is no Savior. Praise God. Verse 12. Amen. Hallelujah. I have declared and have saved and have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. The mighty God is Jesus. You got to be a servant of the Lord to have salt and yourself. You've got to have the anointing to be a servant. John tells us in First John, First John chapter two, verse twenty-seven. First John chapter two, verse twenty-seven. See, to have salt in you, man, you've got to have the anointing. Amen. See, if you've got the anointing, you have no business being weak as a Christian. You you have if you tell me you've got the anointing, you tell me you've got the Holy Ghost, you have no business struggling with your flesh. See, it, it, it just means you have not committed yourself one hundred percent to God. You're listening to something sitting on your shoulder called the demonic force. Paul says we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, the devil keeps whistling him in your ear. You know what you need to do? Put your helmet back on. <laughs> I can remember as a soldier, man, one of the worst things I hated to wear was my helmet. I mean, I hated to wear that heavy thing on my head. Most soldiers do still today, you know. They do everything they can to take the helmet off. They'll wear everything else, but they don't want to keep a hat on. They don't want to have the helmet on their head, you know, not realizing that's where the mind is, you know. So if I need the helmet of salvation, amen, one pastor's Christian call it the hope of salvation. See, see, I got to know right in here that I'm saved. I got to know right in here that this word is true. I've got to know right in my psyche, amen, that God is God and he cannot fail. And every word of God is true until I settle that in my mind. Amen. I'm going to struggle in my flesh. Jesus told his disciples uh, and in Luke chapter 21, he says, settle it in your mind. Amen. You need to have it settled. The reason the coronavirus is taking everybody by surprise, nobody thought a, a, a pandemic was coming. You need to settle some of this stuff that you read in the Word of God in your mind, Jesus says. And John tells us uh, here in 1 John 2.27, he says, But the anointing which you have received of him abide in you, you need not. That any man teach you. Look what it's saying. You don't need someone to tell you to live holy. You don't need someone to tell you to pray. You don't need someone to tell you to read your Bible. You don't need someone to tell you to flee and leave sin alone and the things is wrong. The Holy Ghost 
teaches you. If you say Christ is in you, it's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes, God gives the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. But the Holy Ghost teaches you. It shows you. It leads you. It guides you. It teaches you of what? All things. And is true. The Holy Ghost teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, what does it say? You should abide in Him. If we abide in Him, Jesus says in John 15, and my word abide in you, you can ask what you want. And it'll be done unto you. See? You've got to understand here. You've got to let the Spirit of God lead you, the Holy Ghost. Jesus says in John 16, 13, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, what will He do? He shall not speak of Himself But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you. Notice what he calls it, the spirit of truth. Amen. It's not a third person in the Godhead. Amen. It's his spirit. Amen. It is the spirit of the Lord. That's why Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was anything made that was made. In him was light, and the light was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So if I'm going to be a living sacrifice... I've got to be anointed. I've got to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. Because if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, Romans 8 9, he's none of his. You've got to have the anointed to be have salt. You've got to have love. If you're going to have salt. What, what does John say in, in, in 1 John chapter 4? Amen. Watch this. Watch this. Amen. Verse 7. John, 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son in the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, 
Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected. In us, we have to be controlled by the laws of love. Lash shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, and thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, I've got to be controlled by love. Uh, Jesus says in John thirteen thirty five, Amen. And this, Amen. You are my disciples if you have love one to another. You've got to have salt in yourself. And to have salt in yourself, you've got to have truth. You've got to have the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. The word is truth. You've got to have the word. What did David say? Psalms 119 verse 11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If I don't have the word in me, then uh, I'm going to be a sinner. I'm not going to be a living sacrifice. You cannot be a living sacrifice without truth. Amen. You've got to have the word of God in you. Jesus says in John 8, 31 through 36, uh, he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth uh, and the truth uh, shall make you free. Verse 36, uh, if the Son shall make you free, you're free indeed. So my question to you under the sound of my voice tonight, are you free? If the anointing is in you, you've been made free. Amen. So, what was that old song back in the 70s and 80s when we first came into church? What are you doing in jail? Because Jesus paid the bail, friend. He's he's broken the chains. So you tell me, why are you still living in shackles and chain and bind to this world when Jesus has set you, made you, delivered you free from this world of sin and its ways. This world is not your home. We're just passing through. See, so to be a servant of the Lord. Amen. Notice what Paul writing to the church here. Amen. In the fifth chapter of Ephesus. Fifth chapter of Ephesians. Start with verse 1. Paul says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Notice, notice, notice this now. Stay with me. He says, you therefore. Somebody says when the word is therefore is there, you need to ask, what is it therefore? (laughs) So what is therefore, therefore, in this passage of Scripture? He wants to show you the end results. See, Paul has just told us, remember, back in the fourth chapter, 
verse 20 and 21, he says, if you've heard him and learn of him, he said, the truth is in Jesus. See, so if I've been taught by Jesus, if I've learned from Jesus, then guess what? I'm not supposed to be the old man. I'm not supposed to be walking in the flesh. I'm supposed to be walking and living in the spirit. Amen. So Paul says, amen, here, he says, therefore, since you know you're saying you heard him and you put on the new man, amen, he says, therefore, be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Amen. He has given us an example of how to be a living sacrifice. Uh, and if I follow his example and be a servant, uh, because Jesus says uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, uh, but to serve. Uh, we've got to have salt uh, in ourselves. Uh, we've got to serve. Amen. We've got to be anointed. Uh, we've got to love one another the way that he loved us. Uh, and we've got to walk in this truth. Uh, that's why Paul tells us and Hebrews 12, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. We're going to be living sacrifices, brothers and sisters, but we have to consecrate ourselves to God. We have to commit ourselves 100% to God. I cannot just give God part of me. I have to give God all of me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that you will be that living sacrifice, my friend. I pray that you will come boldly to the throne of grace. I pray that you will seek God. I pray that you would let this world go and not lean to it and not let it captivate you. Amen. But serve God. Worship God. Praise God. Live a life of holiness and purity and righteousness. Keep on the whole arm of God so that you're able to destroy the wiles of the devil. Amen. Don't be drawn to this crazy world and his ways. Amen. The Lord is coming back for a church uh, without spot uh, and without blameless. And I pray that each and every one of you will be ready for his coming. Father, I praise you. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight, oh God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. Father, I pray for my family. I pray for my brothers and my sisters and their children. God, that you would touch I pray for every one of the members of this church and their families and their loved ones, God, that you would touch them in every place, God. 
lift up, heal, strengthen, encourage, uh, build up in every place, oh God, across our district tonight. Uh, oh God, touch them in every place. All our pastors, our superintendent, uh, our district board, our department heads. Uh, oh God, touch in every place. Our city here, our mayor, Lord God, his city council, all the first responders, oh God, protect and heal and deliver. Oh God, our nation, our president, his leaders, his cabinet, uh, touch them, protect them, heal them. Uh, oh God, let each and every one under the sound of my voice search their hearts, search their minds, search their thoughts, search their ways, uh, that they will keep their minds stayed upon you. And we will give you glory. We will give you honor. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Don't forget, we're still uh, doing our services online till further notice. Sunday morning, prayer, 9 o'clock at your home. Get up, prepare for church like you're going to church. Pray, seek God. Amen. Members of this church, don't forget, we're still praying three times a day, doing the Daniel prayer. Amen. So please pray for each and every one, loved ones, our nation, this pan- against this pandemic. Amen. Continue to edify, build up one another. Call four or five people this tomorrow, this week. Edify them, encourage them, lift them up. Amen. Send them a note of encouragement, a text of encouragement, email of encouragement, whatever you would like to do, card of encouragement, whatever. Keep the body of Christ strengthened. This is a good time to show your strength. Amen. And your belief and trust in the Lord. Also, you can review the services. Amen. On YouTube. Amen. Cabaret Apostolic Church of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Amen. God richly bless each and every one of you. We love you dearly. And may the Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. In Jesus' name. God bless you.